0: and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 on vision as you know we love to talk through some of the latest trends that show significant aspects of the changing culture here in Australia and one of those trends that we can see in families is in the proportion of young adults or there's a new name for these young adults kid adults who are still living at home well into their mid 20s Well, the numbers are on the rise. New data from the Australian Institute of Family Studies shows two in five of young adults aged 20 to 24 were still living at home in 2016. That number up from 36% in 1981 let's get some ideas about what's happening in families today mark mccrindle is an award-winning social researcher best-selling author and influential thought leader back with us once again mark mccrindle welcome along to 2020 thanks so much Neil. great to be with you Mark, a lot of us are familiar with uh, an old movie called Failure to Launch, the Mm, idea that children grow in through their teenage years into adulthood and well into their adulthood and still living at home. Is this actually reflecting the truth of what's happening in Australia?
1: It sure is. You know, and there used to be almost a a social scandal if uh, the 20-somethings were still living at home, but these days it's very much the norm. Uh, In fact, as you said, uh, more than two in five Of those in their early 20s still live with mum and dad Uh, one in five of those in their late 20s up to 29 are still living with their parents so it definitely has elongated the the time we spent spend with our parents and um and we're seeing a lot of uh, household structures shift to accommodate the uh, the young adults, not just the children, uh, living at home. Uh,
0: this word, kidult, is that a fairly new terminology? Because uh, it's not something that's generally used in conversation, but does describe this sort of crossover between kids and adults.
1: Yes, it does. It describes this new social phenomena. You know, if we go back to prior generations, uh, by the time someone was... 18, they often had finished their studies, they, were, they had a job, uh, in fact by their early 20s they were married, that was certainly the case a generation ago, and therefore they had entered those markers of adulthood, the, the, the career, the, uh, the, the, the home, the mortgage, uh, marriage and, and children. That has been pushed back, those particular life markers, significantly. You know, we've got uh, people studying later in life at university longer. They're running up study debts and delaying the earnings years. We've got the cost of living pressures and house prices are such that it's hard for someone in their early 20s, often even late 20s, to afford a home. And, uh, and, of course, uh, the, just the, the broader cost of living and life stages, the, the, the markers like marriage have shifted now into the early 30s for, for men and women in, in Australia. Childbirth has shifted into the early 30s as well rather than the 20s of old. So all of that has meant that the 20-something years have become an extended adolescence, and that's where that term kid uh, I guess, emerges from.
0: A question here would be, Mark, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Were children leaving home prematurely in those earlier years? And is this a time to mature now? Any thoughts on whether this is actually a good trend or a bad one?
1: When we talk to parents who themselves left in their uh, very early 20s, if not uh, their 18, 19 years of age, uh, they say that it was good for them, it, it marked their independence, it created resilience, they, they developed a work ethic, and they had to make a goal of things themselves. So they certainly see the benefit of the independence of the adulthood that really leaving home created in them and the values and the character formation of it. But it is a different era today and certainly investing in one's own education, going off to university and getting a degree, most parents would encourage their children in that regard and and of course it's hard to be full-time studying and then pay the cost of living. Most parents will acknowledge that for their kids getting started with trying to get a trying to even pay rent it's harder today because of the rising house prices than they had when they were the same age and of course they they aren't wanting their own children to rush into marriage at 19 or 20 or 21 and start a family at perhaps the same age they did so that's that's the, the the recognition that today's parents have and that's why they're prepared to support their children at home longer but it doesn't mean they're that it's not without consequences because it can create what we call a, a safety net syndrome where these young adults just rely on the safety net of mum and dad. They can borrow the parents' car, they can eat the parents' foods, they they can live there really without making a contribution or without being conscious and grateful of the benefits provided and that can create a sense of being taken for granted by the parents and and certainly not creating that that independence that we need from young adults. So it comes with pluses and minuses but I think if we manage the journey well uh, it can have some good outcomes.
0: I don't know whether your research extends to whether parents in fact enjoy or resent the fact that their children are staying at home longer but it must have A dynamic impact upon parents. I imagine the idea of potential for family conflict if everyone doesn't get along uh, or even the effect economically on, say, retirement savings for a couple that might do something different if they didn't still have the kids at home. What are your thoughts on the impact for parents?
1: That's very true, Neil. It does come with those consequences. In fact, another term for you, we talked about the kid-olds. Another term that, that the young adults are given when they stay at home is the kippers, K-I-P-P-E-R-S, that stands for Kids in Parents' Pockets Eroding Retirement Savings. So it does come at a cost uh, to those parents because, as you say, you know, they not only um, are running up extra costs compared to if it was just the, the, the couple alone without the children, in terms of things like the energy costs and uh, uh, even some food costs and, and other um, costs just that, that go with, with living in a household. Uh, but in addition, there's an opportunity cost, and that is that those empty-nester parents by now could have downsized. They could have moved to some more... Um, efficient uh, accommodation, and maybe invested the extra money they they unlock from that um, empty nest, larger suburban home into some other form. So, so they're they're living in the, the four bedroom, five bedroom home a little later in life than otherwise they would need to. It does come therefore at a financial cost. It does come at a uh, little um, cost in terms of uh, the the freedoms that they otherwise might might have, you know, to travel or to do other things. Um, And there can be that relational cost, again, if those young adults uh, are taking a bit for granted and are not adding value in terms of contributing to the household, to the chores, and hopefully uh, a little bit to the finances as well. But we have found overall in the analysis that parents are supportive of their children living at home uh, because while there might be some costs associated, they see the realities of life today, of coming of age today. They want to help their children. Even as they move through their twenties, as they have throughout their whole life, get the best start in life that they can, and uh, and so they're happy to support them, and they do gain a social benefit that is that it keeps the adult parents uh, a step away from retirement. you know they, they can't retire because they've got the children at home they They keep in touch with the young young adults and uh, and, and that generation, and of course, Within a few years of this particular life stage, their children may be moving to the family years, and it keeps the bonds closer as that next generation comes along. Uh,
0: correct me here if I'm wrong, but does your research show that there are some of these kidults who are still going on family holidays with the parents way into their twenties and beyond?
1: That's right. <laughs> we we found the the prevalence of of young people travelling with their parents at their parents' expense. Is quite surprising, and I guess if you think about these 20-somethings still living at home, then if the parents are going on a holiday, the 20-somethings often may tag along, um, and and this is true um, in even not just you know the driving holiday or the, the trip up the coast, um, but even things like cruises. We we found that um, when we surveyed the 30s, half of them said that they would go on a holiday with their parents overseas or on a cruise or you know, whatever was going on um, if they um, if they, if the parents were, were to help fund that. Um, they're probably at the point, the, the young adults at the point where their holidays are very low cost and backpacking tight but the parents are probably used to a little higher standard than that and so the children are going to get a better, um, a better holiday if they tag along with the parents. So yeah, they're doing life together. Now there's Still a fair bit of independence. The young people can come and go a bit more. They've got their own car. They've got their own perhaps part-time job and certainly study and life. But uh, but they still are connecting with the parents. And it was pleasing in the research to say that, that only one in five said the and they would holiday with their parents is money. For most, it was spending time with their parents. It's a relational factor. So, yeah, they're certainly doing life a lot longer later than was the case in the past, but it is building relational bonds.
0: So you've got economic issues. You've got delaying this idea of marrying young. You've got a delay in this idea of starting a family. Uh, Is there something that parents ought to be doing to help their child to launch Is it the sense that, as you say, you can get so comfortable enjoying all of the luxuries of home that somehow or other, that young people do need a bit of a prod? Is that the, uh, this might be a more personal question here, Mark, out of your research, what ought to be happening?
1: Yeah, great, great question, Neil. And definitely parents can support their 20-something children by being firm but fair, you know that might be so, because for the best of intentions, they're they're supporting their children and they're 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 happy to help them out, and that's that's great. But we said the unintended consequences can mean that their children get a bit too dependent on them monetarily, uh, socially, even sometimes mum's still doing the washing or dad's still cooking up some meals, uh, and uh, and that of course starts to have skill detriment and um, and impacts on their own formation. So. What we say, and it's come through this research, is that the parents who do put a little contract down. Doesn't have to be very formal, but they 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 might put a time frame to that. Perhaps 12 months to be reviewed. You know, this time next year, they say here is what uh, we we will contribute, and here is what we expect. And it might list out things like the weekly chores that are expected as the young people make contributions, like the board that they will pay. And even if they don't have a lot of money, certainly it's good for them to learn to make a contribution to their uh, accommodation and like the other things that they will do, like um, just basic rules of... Living under the one roof, um, as to you know how they 're going to treat each other or, or what the um, the rules are around use of the car or filling it up again or, uh, or, or or curfews this sort of thing who can who can come back to the home all of that if it 's written down and agreed on and signed by the, the parents and children, it does alleviate some of the friction that can take place. It makes sure the young people step up and it makes sure the parents are also aware that the children are adults, so they might write down some things that they, they will do and they won't do uh, to give the, the, the independence and the privacy to their children as well. And, and with that agreement... Uh, and the time frame that is there, it gives a bit more certainty it can be reviewed when the time elapses, and if, um, if they want to re-enter into it, they can, but also that might be a natural point for those young people to indeed head off on their own, uh, having been steered more and more towards their own independence.
0: Well, so informative, Mark McCrindle. Let me point people to a blog that you've written on this topic called The Rise of the Kidult. And no doubt there'll be a link to that when I point listeners to your website, mccrindle.com.au. That's mccrindle.com.au. Mark McCrindle, award-winning social researcher. Thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020.
1: You're very welcome. Thanks a lot, Neil.